Um, I'll just repeat a couple things in case you joined throughout the program. Um, I'm Bench. I'm an executive director of Betaworks Studios, um, which is a club in the meatpacking district that is currently not open, um, although our doors are open every day of the week in terms of events and other exciting stuff. Um, so feel free and check out our calendar at betaworks-studios.com if you haven't uh, done so before. Um, and we'll be back with another render, hopefully sometime this summer, um, on a new and exciting topic. But I just want to give thanks to Matt for curating an awesome day uh, with us on this remote world topic. And let's wrap it up with product roundup. So Matt, take it away. Thanks so much, Ben and, and Edwin and Bianca and Josh. Feel free to drop off of, uh, of mute uh, and let me know if you can't. Um, thanks everybody for, for joining. Welcome to those of you who have never been to a product roundup before. Um, I will do a quick round of introductions it's a little bit different than the rest of the day where we've had kind of panels because we have a bunch of people here. I know that some other people might drop in uh, and so we'll just kind of go with it. And usually what we do is we go through, talk about a bunch of different products. Today we're gonna to talk about uh, isolation tech. As we get started, I would love to do is go kind of around the horn and do very uh, quick intros and then we'll, we'll jump in. Uh, I'll give a little extra context. I'm going to drop a link into the, uh, into the, chat with uh, a way to share. If you'd like to share it out, uh, uh, this part's open, so it's not anybody can join. This will drop people into uh, to come watch the, the roundup. And also, if you would like to see other product roundups, um, you can send me a text uh, and with hashtag early access, and I will automatically, since I don't actually have any kind of way to sign up other than when people show up, I grab their emails and then send everybody the products we talked about. So this way you can text it. Um, so thank you to Josh, Edwin, and Bianca for joining. Uh, let's start, let's just go around real quickly. Um, maybe we'll start uh, with Bianca and then Edwin and Josh and go in that order. Got it. it. Cool, cool, cool. Um, my name is Bianca St. Louis. Um, on the web, on the Twitters, usually go by Bilori. Um, founder, advisor, investor, but I think definitely deeply passionate about how products are informed. Um, I do a lot of work uh, just, just kind of helping organizations and founders through their deep pivot points. Um, you know, Betaworks venture, Betaworks is like family. Um, so definitely, you know, always great to share and break bread. But I think we're definitely at an interesting time and an important time um, around how technology is being reshaped. So definitely excited to, um, you know, break bread with this crew and, and also just share our perspectives around products. So happy to be here. Edwin, we give a quick uh, bio. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Edwin. Um, I've been building products my whole career. I started out at the Philadelphia Eagles, built some products at the NBA, um, worked at a startup called Finery that was a pretty fun experience. And now I'm doing a bunch of product stuff at Simon Data here in New York. Um, love products. Would love to just general talk about products with you guys today. Thanks for joining. Josh? Cool. Uh, my name is Josh Elman. I am... Uh, was early in my career, got to work at LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter when they were much smaller than they are now. Then I became an investor and invested in a lot of sort of connecting people, Meerkat and House Party, Discord, TikTok, or Musical.ly, which then became TikTok, and uh, just like platforms that bring people together. I think between you and Bianca, it's like every social network. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good point, good point, good point. <laughs> um, so, okay. 
for, let's just get right into it. Since I know we started a late, I want to make sure we, we're done by four. Um, I have a list of products that I've been interested in, but I want to start with you guys. What, do you guys, what, what have you guys seen, particularly around isolation tech, um, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting this, in the last few weeks since we haven't done a roundup? Anybody feel free to throw something out. Yeah, I, yeah, I can start. I mean, uh, this, this hasn't launched yet, um, but I'm pretty excited to look to see what it is. Um, it's medspace.fun. Um, I think um, Azaraskin is behind it, and they're, they're building like a, a more fun Zoom, if you look at their website. Um, What's the domain? Sorry, is it next space? Uh, make space that fun. Okay. Um, so, go ahead. Yeah, so it, it's almost like they, they see it as like, we're going to turn video meeting rooms into like actual rooms, right? Where you can see the context of where people are um, and sort of interact with them that way and add, it's like adding another layer on top of Zoom, which is interesting. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's the approach of rebuilding Zoom as opposed to building on top of Zoom. So um, I've been, I, I reached out to Oz and see if we could, if we could all get access early and, and play with it. That looks cool. Yeah, this is cool. I just started sharing it to the screen. So do you know if this is built? You, it's funny, you use the term built on top of Zoom. Do you know if it uses Zoom or is it, is it like kind of a replacement? I, or do we not yeah, that's a good question. I, it's, it looks like a, a, it's a replacement, um, but that's a good question for us all to you know, dig, dig into. I mean, I, I, would, I, I would be interested in hearing everyone's thoughts on that, right? Does it make sense to build on top of Zoom or does it make sense to recreate Zoom and then build interactive features on top of it? What do you guys think? I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, my only sort of point of view today is that the, the virtual camera is like not working for me on Zoom. And so all the products like Snapcam that I was using, what I thought of as being on top of Zoom, don't work. I'm curious if you guys have, what's everyone else's take on on top of Zoom? I mean, I think that on top of Zoom is sort of not always the right way to look at it. It's sort of like Zoom adjacent. Like we've been using Zoom just with my family and sharing uh, and then playing games that we just screencast into Zoom. And like that alone is actually like pretty cool. We've been doing Jackbox games. They have little word games like Quiplash or Drawful, which is a little Pictionary. And everybody gets their own phone. And so you answer everything on your own phone and then we use Zoom just to, to all stay connected. And like, it's been great. And I think that like Zoom could certainly build a lot more to facilitate it. But I actually just think that like, if you're building out a game or you're building something else and you're like, get on whatever video conferencing you want and then play this game on the side is actually just a really powerful way to do it. And I think if you try to integrate it too much, then it's harder to play those games that aren't connected to your video system, for example. So I actually think there's a huge opportunity where Zoom just needs to be so good at working and getting out of the way and letting a screencast or do other things on top of it. And I think to add to that, um, there's actually, Instantly, I thought about like Instagram, right? So Instagram Live and that kind of user experience. I think it's really evaluating like how much do we want to be doing here and how much, how little. So if I go on Instagram, you know, IG Live, all I'm either doing is like talking to someone or commenting. It's like very limited action sets. So I think it's really 
stepping back and thinking about like, okay, well, what's the range of interactions that I want this user to essentially kind of deeply engage with? So I think it's maybe that's another kind of potential way of looking at it of just like, are you going for like a more IG centered, you know, like experience that's like do one or two things or you know, when I think about Zoom, it's like the range of space, right? There's lots of people, you could do, you know, you could play around with it. So I think that's, you know, another space where folks and founders and, and builders could kind of think about that. It's, it's funny, Bianca, you and me have been chatting about this idea of product history. And what this reminds me of, which I'm, I'm just giving you the TM for, I don't know if you made that word up, but I love that term. I love it. Um, I love <laughs> What this reminds me of is the what does it even mean to be built on top of something? When you think about like eBay right. and PayPal, like PayPal was sort of, I mean, it grew on top of eBay, but it wasn't integrated. It was actually the fact that it wasn't integrated. It just was the killer use case. Mm. And I think there's that extreme example of like what it means to be built on top of something. And then the other extreme of like Farmville was literally built on top of Facebook. Like it was inside of it. It was like really, it was, it was API connectivity. Do you guys have other thoughts on kind of that spectrum of what it means to even build on top of something when it comes to video? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think about that a lot. Um, and I think about it, especially with IG. I mean, there's this, there's this product out there, I guess it's an experience um, versus TV where, you know, musicians... Um, What's this called? Sorry, I'm going to drop versus. it. Ver yeah, I'll, I'll type it into the chat. It's a versus.tv. And... What happens is like every weekend, um, Swiss Beats and Timbaland pick two different artists who are similar and have them compete with each other. So last weekend it was Alicia Keys and John Legend. Um, this weekend it's you know, fabulous. fabulous. Shade Kiss if you're a fan of like early two thousands rap, and that's that experience uses Instagram Live. Like the whole experience is built on Instagram Live. And there's actually been a ton of memes around how some of these artists don't know how to use technology because of Instagram Live, right? So that that is an experience where it's built on IG. And some of us who are product managers would argue that, hey, you guys should build your own platform for this, right? Um, and sort of separate it from Instagram. So um, I think about that a lot. I mean, there's this whole conversation around how Hey is using the App Store and you know, the, the whole concept of we don't want to pay 30%, right? Um, and that whole experience is like you're using someone else's platform to further your technology, right? So where does, where does that line, where do you draw that line between competition um, and also like freedom to be able to do whatever you need um, without rules and protocols? I'm looking for this because that link didn't resolve for me. Oh yeah, one second, I'll, I'll get you the right one. But I think go it, ahead. I mean, oh. Go ahead, Bianca. Oh, no, you can go, Josh. No, go for it. Okay, so I think it's also a space, when you were talking about, Edwin, about um, IG and versus, I'm like, I think it might be a space where folks are having to, like, reevaluate product partnerships. So I think, you know, when you think about something like versus, like, it's bringing a huge kind of cultural audience. People are creating totally new use cases. Um, and it, and I think maybe it's like, yes, at first it used to be like the API setup, right? So when Facebook was, you know, it, right. And I think now there, you know, there are new ways in which products have to potentially maybe evolve around like our partnership, the partnership opportunities. Um, so when you, you speak about versus, I, 
versus I'm like, man, like there is a space in which there is a different mutually beneficial partnership that maybe might not be say, hey, let's use an, you know, not directly, like, let me just use your API, but like, how do we kind of go back to the basics for this era of technology in which I like to say, like, everyone culturally is like their own influencer, right? So there's, it's becoming more and more mutually beneficial for both parties. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, what, what I think about, like, even that as we're thinking about, like, built on top of um, and things like that. But definitely want to hear your thoughts, Josh, as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to add, like, I think there's two things going on here. One is distribution and discovery really does have to happen through the big platforms now because that's what we're all tuned into all the time. Like you're always on your Twitters or your Instagrams or your maybe Facebooks or TikToks or YouTubes. And so if you want to put anything else out new and bring people into some experience, you kind of have to go to those platforms to get their attention, to get people to be excited about something. Look, even if you were promoting your Zoom webinar, like you got to promote this on Twitter and on Instagram and everywhere else that, that people are. The difference is like, once you get into the experience, you know, Hey, let's all go do the zoom or join the zoom. Then the question is like, how much of this functionality has to be built in zoom or how much of it can be go to this other website while we're in zoom screencast it. And so I think if you're thinking creatively as a founder, I think there's great opportunities for you to build something that sort of just, leverages the fact that everybody knows how to get on zoom or google meet or whatever to have a conversation and be able to do it but then you still need to think about distribution like what bianca's talking about like you got to get get into all those places but i think the number of like hey let's all get on a video call and do this thing like i think there is so much to build on that and there's so much to bring us together you know house party is an example where it's trying to build it within itself you can all get on a house party call and then there's a bunch of little games and other things you can play. But even if you play through all those, which like I did with a bunch of my friends at the beginning of the pandemic, like we got bored and we always wanted more things. And so we started going, you know, beyond house party and be like, get on the house party call and do something else. And so I think there's a huge world of the ands to start building. Yeah. That's interesting. What other products? So uh, a couple comments there. I'll read a couple of the comments out here. Uh, Zoom does have a marketplace for apps, lots of opportunity for alternatives and for the other solutions though. And Ben said, are you Figma and Webflow too? I think that was kind of part of the last conversation. Ben said specifically, what products are you excited about right now? I am not excited about Animal Crossing. That's what Ben said. Uh, what, are, what, other, what other products are you guys excited about? Um, I recently, what is it? I came across this thing called My Mind, um, and it actually has me thinking about, um, let's see. What's yeah, it? My Mind. Into the text there? Yeah. Let me see. All right. Drop that into the chat. All right. Oh, no. My Mind. Hopefully this goes to the right place. <laughs> I was like, I'm using the copy and paste from like phone and stuff. All right, I almost typed in a domain just now into the comments, so I think I did the reverse of what you just did. Okay. Um, you right. can start. Okay. I'll, I think I'll, I'll, yeah. Hopefully, this is the right one. Okay. So yeah, essentially, it's this kind of like management. So I, as much as I'm an extrovert, I'm like anti-community as being the only <laughs> remote, <laughs> like the only remote conversation, like isolation tech. I'm like, I don't want to be talking to people all the time. Like, so I think, you know, isolation doesn't necessarily mean accessible. Um, so in that vein, I've been thinking about like 
how do I manage my life? I think one of the things about isolation is that we lose this kind of awareness of our day-to-day. -day. There's something about being kind of in the digital realm that's like, oh, wow, it's already like, you know, four or five o'clock and you don't even know that that's a thing, right? So I think kind of this, this awareness. So um, with the My Minds, I, I like kind of came across it. I was like, ah, okay, I like this, right? So it's like, how are you interacting with the the web on a day-to-day, -day. Um, and, and I guess it uses, I'm trying to get in on the, the access point, um, but essentially it's just like, it, co it collects all your kind of different snaps from the, from the web, so be that um, documents, photos, or things like that, but kind of uses AI to kind of structure and organize. Um, so I think for me, definitely thinking about isolation tech, it's like you have less, your time looks different. So I think for me, it's like, what is the personal management suite of, of tools that we start to kind of now need. Um, so one being around like, how do you collect and organize your digital worlds? Um, so I think it's like, you know, you know, in IRL, you're like, there's a, you, you have a bookshelf, right? And that's where I organize my books. So I think now it's also thinking about what does my digital organization look like? Um, you know, as I'm interacting with so many things day to day. Um, so I think that to me kind of was interesting because I think it goes to this like personal management theme that I'm kind of hopefully wanting to see more of. Cool. Let me throw out a couple that I've been feeling recently. Um, yeah. So there's a couple different categories. Uh, one is, uh, you know, house party and Discord are ones that I've been using to talk to regular friends quite a bit more. Discord especially. Um, a couple of my friend groups where we would occasionally meet up in person have set up Discords and actually we finally use it. I was an investor and I, I'm on the board still, so, but I was never really a gamer, so I wasn't really using it as much, but now we're actually using Discord as a place to, to chat, jump on video calls. And like, we've been even like playing poker. Like I have one group now that does like Friday night poker every other week. And like one guy's in Hawaii, others are around and like, you know, you put your kids to bed at nine o'clock and then you can all go play poker. Whereas like normally it'd be like, put your kids to bed and then nobody's going to like get in the car and drive, especially because, you know, we're not all neighbors. And so, so that part's been great. And we use this app poker or, or it's like literally like poker with three R's, two on the iPhone. Um, and it just creates like a, a good tool. Like you all join the table and you just play and we have discord up or, or zoom up. We kind of have been switching back and forth and that's been just like, it's a great experience. And it's one that I actually hope doesn't go away post pandemic um, because it's, it's actually really good. Um, I've talked to a bunch of teenagers and, and younger folks who kind of want to meet new people. And there's this whole class of apps between somebody mentioned big head in the chat, but there's big head. It's me, Yubo, Hoop, and like, people are actually like turning to these to like make internet friends and it's like really working. I went in there and felt like a creepy old guy. So it was like awkward and like totally not my thing. But, um, but I've been talking to a lot of people who are finding real value in that. And then for me personally, my version of that has been Clubhouse. And I know it's still invite only and not available to everybody, but, but I tell you, like these are a lot of my friends and people that I know and have met in the real world, new ones that I'm meeting and we interact on Twitter and then we get on Clubhouse and we just talk. And the other night, like often I just listen and it like becomes my like go-to listening when I'm like doing chores or doing the dishes. And I feel like I'm connected with people that I kind of know in the world and hearing these interesting conversations. And then every once in a while I get drafted up to talk and somehow the other night, you know, I probably started talking at like 9.30 and like by 11.30 I was like falling asleep and like still talking with 
um, you know, the founder of a company called Machine Zone, and we were talking about games and investing and where there's overlap and where there's not, and was getting peppered with a lot of questions about Robinhood where I used to work. And it was like super fascinating. Um, and, and just Clubhouse has been this like amazing bringing people together that I don't know. So it's like Discord and house party for my friends. Like uh, the, for teenagers, Yubo and It's Me and Big Head and, and Hoop for like meeting new people or congregating. And then for me personally, it's been things like Clubhouse where I'm just kind of like interacting with my community and having a great time. And, and I know that like, it's not open to everybody. It's not totally there yet, but it's, it's been really neat. And, you know, the other night, last Saturday night, Felicia Horowitz hosted the thing that I was listening to that she calls her dinner party and Oprah was there. And so like literally like me and everybody who has the app was like listening and waiting for like Oprah to talk, which was like totally flying the ball. That was really, really cool. What about you, Edwin? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have an invite to Clubhouse, um, which alludes to what Ben just posted <laughs> in the chat behind what Sarah said. Um, yeah. But I mean, it sounds pretty cool. I, I think it's always, it's always fun to just have technology where people can like communicate more and sort of like get their words out. Um, one thing I've enjoyed, um, I've been using this app called Highlighter Live and they actually had a, a session a couple of days ago with Alad Gill and basically it's, a, it's sort of like a book club. Um, yeah. an online book club, right? So I've enjoyed interacting with that. I've, I've found that fun the last couple of weeks. And then I think I would love to get everyone's thoughts on the launch of Twitter Voice last week um, and how everyone's been interacting with that. I, I <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested in seeing how, how folks have, have, have taken that, <laughs> that experience. Can I, Let's can talk I about that. What's can that? Can I the truth? I've literally only hit play once and it was sort of a gag Twitter tweet. And I've just realized that like the time that I'm like dorking around Twitter and the time that I have to like listen to audio have literally just not intersected yet. Yeah. I think I'm more on that end of the spectrum as well. <laughs> Part of me would actually wish that like the Twitter voice was like its own separate app. Um, Cause there are people that I'm like, I would love, like, so culturally speaking, so I think about Black Twitter, um, they're outlandish. But I was like, you know, I, I love Black Twitter. Um, and I'm like, it, it's hilarious. So it's like on one session, I'll be like, I think the context switching is a little tough. So it's like, you know, maybe you're looking at stuff around like protests, Black Lives Ma Live Matter. And then there's this like hilarious, you know, like this hilarious moment and your brain's like, wait, what, hold on. Can, can I get some, you know, like I'm, I'm context switching, you know, pretty quickly versus just like I'm on Twitter voice and I know it's like a choose your own adventure but usually on Twitter I like know maybe I'll get some like you know I'll get my my tech peeps you know I'll get you know folks on different networks so I kind of know what to expect even with all the craziness and trash fires um but you know with Twitter voice it's like the like, ah, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I'll get. So I, I definitely feel like Twitter voice, I definitely think there's a, a space to, um, you know, separate the app. This is also the like privacy, uh, how can tech be abused part of me um, speaking. I'm definitely a bit weary about everyone's voice being on the interwebs, um, <laughs> you know, so that part of me is definitely um, a bit like, ah, especially on Twitter. 
Um, maybe, you know, say on things like a clubhouse, it's not like someone's going to be like, all right, let me use your voice and with all these deep fakes and all that stuff. I'm always thinking about the expansions of technology oh, that could be of use. So many so, bad people. Uh. You know, I know. I was like, why do you have to mess it up for everybody? Um, but I think that with Twitter voice, I would definitely love for it to have a bit more walled protection. I don't think Twitter voice should exist in the same context as Twitter because I think it's totally um, a different kind of space, different trust um, that's needed. And I think with Twitter voice, I'd want to be like, okay, this is my trusted network of folks that can kind of hear my Twitter voice notes. Yeah, uh, uh, just as one counter, like I do watch videos and other things that get shared in Twitter sometimes and like a good video, like a YouTube video or a quick funny sports clip or, or you know, a commercial for something. And so like, I would click on tweets if I thought that the, they were going to be any good. I think I got unlucky that the first one I did was somebody just going, uh, is this thing on for like the whole tweet? And so after that, I was just like, now I'm like nervous to ever click on one of those again. Yeah, it, it seems like voice is different than video though, in the way that like, it needs to be kind of longer. Like, otherwise you would just write it. I think like and, and and so I do wonder what the expectation is I was thinking I, I I opened up Twitter late night like I don't know a week ago and saw that little button and I pressed record and I'm sure said something like is this thing on and I was like okay let's it'd be interesting to see what happens if someone comments back like, could they make some sort of a comment thread where you start to have kind of a a, a almost a the I picture almost the original version of Anchor where it was like podcasts that got created as people were having these questions back and forth. And like on the very first version of Anchor, I, I did a post that was like, this is my first screen name and here's why. And then all these people responded with their first screen names and why. And it was like really fun. So many people responded, it was like hard to get to the end of it. But it was really yeah. it was just a cool, fun thing. So like, I don't know, it was just like entertaining content. But I... I don't, and I agree with you, Josh, that I go on Twitter and if there is something that looks like a bit, if there's a video that seems like it's going to be good, I'll definitely click on it. But you also get a little bit of context with the video. It's like, yeah. here's a description of the video and like a thumbnail or a, you know, a GIF and I give some, some idea of what you're getting into. But with audio, you just have so, such a little idea of what you're going to get into. You have to, how do you trust that it's going to be worth having turned your volume? It's going to start to take somebody retweeting them to, to really matter. <laughs> Like, Ed, so Edwin, we both shared ours. What are yours? Yeah. Um, so like with Twitter voice, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I am in the camp of, I have friends who do the, the voicemail thing and the, the iMessage. And I always, I'm like, dude, please just type that out. <laughs> um, right. Cause uh, like iMessage for me is like a, it's a, it's a read situation. Right. And Twitter for me has always been the same. Like we've all gotten used like, get it all out in 140 characters, right? So now that it's a, a waveform that I have to spend more than 10 seconds analyzing, um, it's been interesting. But I do think it's gonna catch on, maybe if it is a separate part of, part of the product, or there's someone, you know, maybe some kids out there take it and they start telling compelling stories on it, right? And you're like, wow, I'm going to hear a really interesting story and I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to it. Um, with my sports context, I think if, if uh, my sports background, I mean, if, if, you know, sports starts back up and you have someone who's given like interesting commentary or something that's happening on the court, I think that's going to add some traction to it. And I think 
we will all be consuming that when that starts to happen. But right now, I think there's just the use cases aren't there for me to, to consume it yet. That's interesting. If you, I mean, you could imagine a version of this that's like, it seems like they're like one or two iterations away from this, but you could imagine live, semi-live broadcasting, almost, almost like story style, but only audio because people aren't consuming it in real time. So you, it's okay if you kind of stitch them together. So you can imagine like a sports commentator or a, or just sort of a bunch of comments that then you listen to all together at once in a little 10 minute thing um, would be kind of interesting. You also dropped into the link, uh, into the chat road trip. We tell everybody what that is. I'll, uh... Yeah. So it's like, um, I, I might, I might be mischaracterizing it, but to me, it's like a, a mobile version of turn, turntable.fm where you have an experience where you can choose the music that plays and people can choose to consume the music that you share out there. I, I have a, I have this like vision one day that I'm going to like make music. Um, so I keep thinking about tools to just make ease of music easier to consume and share my music taste with other people. So I, I, I thought this was like pretty compelling and I hope it becomes more widespread so that we can also like check it out and sort of like give them feedback to make it better. I really loved Turntable FM um, back in the day. So anytime someone mentions something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, tell me more. <laughs> oh, I know. I totally agree. I totally miss Turntable and the ability to just like, kind of like feel like you're in the same presence of other people co-listening, even though you're doing a lot of other stuff in the background. Yeah. Like that's, and, and to be honest, that's what I use Clubhouse for a lot now too. It's just like, feel like I'm in the co-presence of all these people, even though I might be like washing my dishes or mowing my lawn or like, you know, uh, you know, doing a bunch of email or something else. And so I think there's all these opportunities to kind of like recreate that. And as we move to this, even though this, God, this hopefully this pandemic ends, and we're all comfortable going out in the real world again, but like, we know that we're going to do a lot more remote stuff than we used to before. Cause you know what? Like, it's actually not that bad. And like okay. now driving somewhere seems like such a pain versus doing all this stuff from our houses. And, but still this sense of co-presence, I think it's going to become so much more important and we're all kind of beginning to be used to it now. I think to expand on your point, Josh, like I think about having something to reference. So like after a conference or something, you can, we can all point to that shared talk or you can point to like, Oh wow. Like, we ate these, you know, bagels today, you know? So it was like, you know, it's like a shared conversation. I think like going back to the music piece, I think it's a space of like, you had to be there. And I, I, I think again, kind of congealing that, like kind of bringing that community. And even when you were talking about music, um, coincidentally this morning, um, like my cousin and I, we had like a moment where we needed to get some work done. And it was, we literally just sat, she, she blasted some music off of Spotify and we literally were co-working. But I think the music added just like a different layer, um, yeah. aside from us being sh um, connected by just doing work. It was like we were listening to these tunes and like we each had our own kind of perspective and experience. So I think it's interesting there. I feel like there's something unique about music um, or even like folks speaking, I don't know, audio, audio is it. Um, aside from just like an activity, but I think sonically um, there's something interesting there. What about yeah. Snapchat? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Josh. Uh, I, I was just gonna totally echo. I think, I think you're right. In, like music creates memories. I mean, the reasons that movies do so much um, is, to, is to create all of those things. 
And I think we underestimate that like a soundtrack to life now and like a soundtrack to shared life can do the same thing. And that's why I like Road Trip Cool and Turntables Cool and just your co-working Spotify and Discord has this feature built in that if you both have Spotify premium, you can just hit play and then everybody in the Discord room hears the same music. And like, like it's underrated how cool that is and can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would be awesome if, uh, if I message had that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting to think about. What I was going to ask, and, and we don't have to talk about it if it's not interesting, but I'm just like not using Snapchat anymore. And I'm curious if any of you all are and what's, there were a couple comments about Snapchat minis. I have no idea what's happening in Snapchat. Is it, what's, what's happening? I feel like Snapchat was like the app of my fun, you know, like it was just, it captured all my moments and, um, you know, so in <laughs> the filters, there was like this, this playfulness and I don't know, maybe I'm getting like older. Um, maybe my life is not as fun anymore. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think in there hasn't been something that has pulled me. Also, I think the thing is too, Snapchat makes me think about like the different friend groups you have during different moments, right? So I think like if all my friends aren't on Snapchat, why am I sending you guys these cool photos with me and filters? If you guys are on Instagram, we're on Instagram. So I think the thing with Snapchat is, is kind of the community that was kind of there. So I think there was probably a certain time when like everyone you knew was like, at Snapchat land. Um, so I think there's two pieces, right? Like, you know, the, the spaces in which you would use Snapchat and then also, um, again, the people, right? Like it, it, most of these things go back to the people. And I think when most of your kind of communities may have evolved onto different platforms, you're going to go where your people are, your communities are. Um, so I know for me personally, like when I think about like Snapchat, you know, that kind of was what changed my user behavior there. Um, so yeah. I don't, so there's also, there was like a poll that just went out, do you still use Snapchat? I don't know if we can see the results of that, but I'd love to see the results of that. Um, Please vote for the last one. Well, it was last <laughs> um, it's, it's funny, you used a word that I thought was interesting. Um, you're like, all my friends were there, right? It's like this idea, it goes back to this idea of presence, right? My friend, it does feel like, like groups of people kind of, you're like in this place together. And then mm -hmm. I don't want to go back there anymore because I, I feel like my friends are right there. It's not, it's, it, I mean, in the extreme, it's network effect. It's, it, I, I'm like fascinated by what network effects actually are. I mean, we talk about what they are, mm -hmm. but, but to me, the, I was thinking about Zoom when you were talking about earlier, the fact that everyone just has Zoom, there's no social graph on Zoom, there's no anything, but just the fact that everyone has it means it makes it easier to use it. And it's kind of, there's something related to what you're saying, but one of my friends are just there in Snapchat. Yeah. So, so again, I talked to a lot of people in their like late teens and early twenties and they grew up with Snapchat and they still use it. As far as I can understand, they use it more than Insta. They use it basically that and I message to go back and forth between each other. They'll often give you your snap number before your phone number um, and or your snap snap handle like they they care about their bitmojis like there actually is a ton of usage here i think what happened is that's the group that got it and it stuck with it and they learned that like you send something it goes away you just trust it better and it works they added stories stories were cool and then all these like older people came on and like tried stories and they were like how do i do the story thing and then 
And then they never really snapped with each other. And they're like, how do I do the story thing? And then Instagram did stories and they were like, oh, I'll just go do that story thing back on Instagram and they left. But they forgot that like this younger group was like actually using Snapchat as a main messenger. And I think Snap has actually grown up with that. I mean, if you watch the keynote like two weeks ago, it was actually incredibly well done. Um, and I, Evan actually said there are more people 13 to 34 using Snap in the United States than Twitter and TikTok combined and then Facebook and Instagram as a whole, like separately. Um, and, and so I think we just underestimate it because like I'm certainly older than 34, but I think Snap, like I, I think deletion and trust and like ephemerality is really good. And I think if you figured out how to get your friends back on Snap, I'm like, let's just message here, give it a week. After that week, I think you'd all be again like, oh my God, that's so much more fun. That is such a better way to communicate we were totally missing out by not like sharing the stuff in this way that it goes away. And I, you know, I think it kind of, we missed the window of like adopting it when it was first coming out, but if we could all try it again. So I have like a couple friends that I will still snap with. Um, and like, I enjoy that interaction more than most of my other ones. Like you just do you, did. Do you feel like, I mean, when you say that, I also think maybe with younger folks, again, I'm not that old. Um, with younger folks, you know, there's this space of like, they, there's this like, I don't care energy. And I think a lot of us who kind of maybe, you know, later aged folks, um, not old, um, are, we have to manage different <laughs> identities. We have to manage different identities. So I think about like, who's all there, right? And I think, you know, many of our platforms kind of shifted with like, what's important to us. So I think about like, you know, um, clubhouse or all these things. Yes, you're interacting with friends, but you're also kind of maintaining your professional connections, right? Like a lot of these folks are, you know, work friends, or I think about Twitter, it's like you're still engaging with folks around like thought leadership. And I think the thing with a lot of folks who maybe kind of grew up with the snap era, um, it was just like, they don't really care. They're not, you know, they're not thinking about a lot of these things. I also think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of folks maybe in my, my age group, kind of the influencer space, the, you know, so a lot of things were kind of tied to monetization, tied to kind of like personal brands. And I think there was this like emergence and, you know, a lot of the Snapchat younger users were like, I don't care. I'm just here to have fun. So I think, you know, again, time evolved and shifted, but I think what I'm, what I'm saying is that like, we had to manage like different identities and, you know, like, I don't know, the identities have kind of shifted and, and it's requiring us to be in like different spaces. But I don't know, when I think about that, that's what I'm thinking about, like, um, you know, different identities, different needs, use cases. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I, I'm like a person of one here, so I, I don't use Snapchat anymore. Um, I have the app. I know I have an account. Um, and if someone says Snapchat is doing something pretty interesting, I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And I thought it was great, all the items that they announced a couple of weeks ago. But to me, it was like, there wasn't like a personal application. And it wasn't something where I was like, you are doing something that I have felt the need to, I'm, I'm so, I'm missing it so much that I need, I need it to, I need Snapchat for it, right? I think from like a, a business standpoint, I think there's a ton of opportunities on what Snapchat's doing, but for me personally, it's like, uh, there's, there's all these other channels that I would probably go to first, right? But I'm, I'm also not 13, so. <laughs> so, so this is, 
So this is a good transition too. There was one, I noticed there was a question in the Q&A that I had missed. So I'm gonna bring that up and then we only have like about 12 more minutes. And so I think that this will be a pretty rich conversation. The question's very simple. Does Gen Z use email? And I'm curious to know, but I think that that's like, I think there's a lot actually baked into that question around what you just said about like kind of what does messaging even mean? Yeah. Um, do you guys use email? Does Gen Z use email? Uh, what do we think about email? <laughs> Such a loaded question. Why would you ask this question? It's loaded. <laughs> it really also is like, would I really use email if I didn't have to? That's the other, <laughs> the other concern. Um, why email? Um, let's see. So do you? So first of all, just you know, work aside for everybody on the call. So I think my sense is, and tell me if this is wrong, that for work, there is sort of this expectation of having to use email. For, for non-work-related things, do you use email? Putting together, uh, you know, getting together with friends, uh, you know, communicating with, with family. I don't know uh, yeah. there's, there's, uh, there's other sources that I know I could get a faster answer with. <laughs> so yeah, email is almost like that. Uh, we need to somehow make sure this is formalized, right? Like we're having dinner and everyone is invited, so let's set this up over email, right? As opposed to like, hey, this is what's happening, let's do this, right? So yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think, I think it depends on the context. I have, a, I have an 11 year old uh, goddaughter that I talk to every couple of weeks and she has an email account and the reason why she has an email account is because it's required for her Google Classroom sort mm -hmm. of setup. And so for her, she was like, yeah, it's just, just this thing that I have to use, right? But like everything else is like, you know, she has all these other tools that she would rather use first before it's like email. Email is like for class, right? So I guess as far as it's like the same, it's like email is for school <laughs> and work. I think I hooked up. Oh, go ahead. You go. I hooked up my daughter on email. She's 10. Um, they have to use it for school. And so they got familiar with using email a little bit. And she emails like her grandparents and has like great long conversations. <laughs> and you know, what's even more interesting is all these kids, they, they still don't really get email and don't think about it as like the way you just message each other and stay in touch, but they all know Google Docs. And it is amazing how good. So, so kids Google use Google Docs as their creative platform more than more than anything these days it's nuts yeah there's a there's like there's i i check my google drive and i'm like she's updated the stock she's updated the stock it's like whoa yeah. what is going on here <laughs> yeah i think most of them just kind of are using it for like school and activities like that um definitely kind of mess yeah like messaging um kind of in terms of me personally <laughs> using email on the personal side it's interesting. I think the things that I do use maybe kind of when I'm doing an event, like say like a paperless post, it's like, what, what do I need to create an experience around? I know paperless posts feels very dumb. Um, you're paying literally for a digital experience, but, um, things like paperless posts, um, things like, so my family's of Caribbean descent. So lots of WhatsApp, um, lots they just WhatsApp. cannot live they cannot live without WhatsApp. WhatsApp is where I find myself a lot of times. So definitely kind of in terms of that form of messaging, um, WhatsApp 
uh, but yeah, I think most of the conversation, it depends just kind of who are the, who are the groups and what do you need to get across? Right. Um, you know, so definitely I would say like event centric or kind of communications, uh, are usually like the, the thing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at some of the comments and some, there was a poll that went out that said, uh, who's using hay? Is that, does anybody in this call been uh, been tried out the the hay.com product? I feel like there's so much drama with hay. <laughs> so so little... Is it drama? I didn't know there was drama with it. I, I'm gonna ignore that Apple drama. That was fantastic marketing for them. Okay. And they all capitulated. Isn't that just nice? And they whatever. Like that was good drama. Um, and Apple won that, and the hay guys won that. But but actually, I love what they're doing. I think they have taken our email inbox and split it into the three most important use cases that we use in like the perfect way. There's email that is conversations. They call that your inbox. There's email that is like newsletters and stuff I want to read that gets sent to me that I actually do want to read. And like, I like just reading these, you know, daily or weekly newsletters and that they call that the feed. And then there's emails that are like receipts and customer service inquiries and other stuff that are like useful to keep around. And that they call that the paper trail. And they say anything that isn't a meaningful conversation you want to have, something you want to read, or something you want to keep around, get it the heck out of here as fast as possible. And like, I just think that is the first time I've heard somebody describe email in a super sensible, very clean use case way and makes it really easy to split things up into them. Like Google's tried this with priority inbox. Yahoo's tried a bunch of stuff with like shopping inbox, but I think that they've just got it right. And so the drama is like tech Twitter annoying and we all love it and we all hate it. And I was like, why are we talking about this shit? Like everybody's talking way too much about this instead of like the bigger problems going on in the world um, that like are the real important topics to be discussed. But the app itself, I think just that at its core, it's a really smart rethinking of email. Interesting. I guess. What do people, go ahead, sorry. I guess maybe like what makes that different than just like setting that up on your own? Like, I know people who are intense okay. about like, you know, filters, intense about other things. I think about like, you know, apps like Superhuman. I guess at one, at what point are we like, okay, this is totally reinventing it. But like, part of me is like, is, is there a way for us to kind of do deeper dives on our own, like on our, on our current existing platforms? So, I don't know. I guess maybe what's like the pull. Um, I, mean, I think it's a lot of work to get it on your own. And I actually think that the reading mode and the way that they organize the paper trail, so the reading mode for the feed and the paper trail are actually mm -hmm. di different enough from your main conversations that that mm -hmm. alone, these, these different modalities is really useful. Like I'll be honest, like I have not figured out how to move my main email over and I'm not sure that I ever fully will, mm -hmm. but I've been looking to like, I have, I basically have this like ancient email address that I sign up for everything for, including newsletters. And that thing is so cluttered now that I cannot just find the newsletters and read the stuff I want to read. And that's how so much good information is coming. So I'm starting with Hey as my newsletter place. Uh, and then I'm okay, gonna, I see what you mean. And, and then I'm going to see if I emerge into any of the rest of it. Like my habits are fine on Gmail. Like I don't really need to like move off of it but I'm very excited to get off of the, uh, uh, to get all the newsletters and the stuff I really want to read every day and every week and like keep track of just whether I've read it and gone through it into one place. 
it makes me think about back to that like digital like your different spaces digitally so when you say it like that it instantly makes me think of like okay so then hey becomes this like this is your your you have like a life and experience there like it's it becomes that particular space like you said for your newsletters and you prioritize right. that whereas gmail is like I, I do all these other things here so i think it's interesting kind of even seeing it from that perspective as well right. It's uh, it's Josh's burner job. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is something that's sort of inherently valuable about just blowing it all up and starting it again, right? And I wonder how much of it is that's the actual that's actually you know like it, it, it on Snapchat, right? We we're talking about that earlier. That's where your friends are. You're like, you know what? My Facebook is bloated. Just starting again on Snapchat. Yeah. You know, yeah. My email bloated. Starting again on Hey. Kind of. Interesting. Yeah, that's, well, that's I, I've already done that. Like I actually have an email address that is like not available on any of my social profiles or anything else. So it's like, it's like you have to know me to like hit me with that email, but like, you know, that one just, so that one's actually pretty clean and then I let all the other ones get messy, but Hey, we'll help me sort it out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was going to comment too, like, it's almost like a full-time job with how many newsletters, like, how many good newsletters exist now on, like, Substack, right? Like, I, I feel like every day I'm signing up for a new one, and it's just hard to read all of them. <laughs> email, as you, I'm listening to you all talk about this, it almost sounds like email has become so prevalent that it is its own protocol and apps you single use case apps need to show up on top of it here are the things it's like it's like the your whole internet yeah mm -hmm. work, yeah. work one respond really quickly you have your calendar events where you want to use a certain different way well i mean and hey they talk about receipts that you want to find because it's actually your history of all your purchases your newsletters and those are really different use cases it's almost like having different web views yeah I feel like it's like this very air traffic this very like air traffic it's like this little hub it's like our connection point to so many different like journeys right so on one journey you're like all right just bought a flight um all right let me get out of here you know making a new connection so i think with email yeah it's like this hub it's like this launch pad for so much so many different actions behaviors um you know growth or whatever so i, I do like your your kind of perspective there around like this this hub of sorts with with email yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. You, you get the last word, Evelyn. Oh, no, you go. You got it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was just going to say that um, I appreciate you guys all, uh, you guys all joining for this. The, this has been, we were doing product roundup once a week. Then it felt like that was a little bit too frequent. So we're figuring out what, what speed it is. So for anybody who's interested in joining, I know we had a lot of people on this, uh, on this chat. So I like that doing it sort of somewhat infrequently. So we actually get sort of very enough happens in between in between episodes, but not too infrequent. So we'll uh we'll all anybody who's signed up for the email or who has texted me, I'll let you know when that one's gonna be. And really appreciate you all uh you all joining. This is super fun and uh and interesting for me. Cool. Yeah, thank you for having us. This was this was fun. Likewise, likewise. See you guys in the next week or two weeks, probably. And I see Ben is on his tractor. This is not a Zoom background, everyone. This is actually real. And so I think he's gonna. Uh, this is the last event for or the last uh, panel for the for the remote world event. So we will uh, let him uh, uh, give some conclusions. But thank you guys for joining.